Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Hey, Larissa here. Now, do you feel sometimes like your team is disjointed? Like you have this idea of what your perfect team looks like and the reality is far from it. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't have a conversation with a salon owner about team. Most of those conversations involve team problems, mini dramas and issues that seem at the time to be never ending. Now I totally get it because when I owned a salon, I grew my team to 30, 30 women no less. But that doesn't mean that it was all sunshine and rainbows, for sure. There were many obstacles that I had to overcome before realizing one thing. It all comes down to me. It all comes down to you. If you're having problems with your team, it's your responsibility as the CEO of your business to take ownership and to think about what you could have done or could be doing better. And I want to help empower you to do just this. Now today, I'm chatting with Patty. Patty Cheney is a mega successful salon owner. She also runs a podcast and regularly speaks on the topic of team and coaching your team to perform at their best. So together in our chat today, we're going to help you discover how to take ownership of your team, how to self-reflect in order to truly grow that dream team. Patty and I also chat about what you need to realize when it comes to team, is it all comes down to you, plus a few more amazing gold nuggets and takeaways. All right, let's jump in. Tune in to hear uh, and meet Patty. Patty, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you. My pleasure. Thank you. So let's. Good. Let's start with, uh, where are you in the world? Uh, how did you come to be doing what you were doing? Tell us all about yourself. A little background. I'm from Maslin, Ohio, which is just a tiny town about an hour south of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I've been in the business 36 years, which makes me sound really old. I started when I was 12. No, I'm not really. Um, I did <laughs> hair. <laughs> had the, yeah, 12. Uh, I did hair for a long time, and then I I was struggling in salons because I am kind of an idea person and I found myself not happy in the salons I was in. And so I ended up starting my own company and I have had my own company for 19 years. And honestly, the first 10 were not awesome. I wasn't a great leader. I needed a lot of personal growth that I didn't know until it wasn't working, struggling to build a team because I wasn't a great leader. And in the last 10 years, I have built a team of 35. I have two salon companies and I don't, I haven't done hair for about six years and I take care of my team now. I grow people for a living. I love that. (laughs) That's really good. But I do believe, you know, in order to grow to the size that you are, it's very difficult to do that while you're also trying to serve clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so let me ask you quickly, did you slowly, uh, step by step, move away from serving clients or did you just one day I did. cut it short? <laughs> I just kept taking a day away a year. I went from four days behind the chair to three days behind the chair to two days to one. But even when I was doing one, I was still having an associate in training one day a week and sharing an associate with another um, stylist in my company. And I still loved having that part of it, but it really did get to the point where I would get so many questions during the day and so many interruptions that I felt like I wasn't serving the guests well and then struggling to serve my team well. So I felt like it was time for me to step away and just serve my team. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a really important distinction, isn't it? I, I, I was the same when I recognized that actually my number one client was my team, not the client, client anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's, um, that's that my first question. I think like if you really had to boil it down to one thing, what would be the one thing that you think is the most important thing for a business owner to focus on? Um, for me, it was culture and learning how through leadership to build a culture that people loved, that people wanted to thrive in and stay in and um, to just make every part of the business a place they wanted to be. So for me, it took a lot of steps and a lot of books and a lot of classes and a lot of things to get there because I really wasn't good at it at first. So it was a, it was a learning curve to learn how to be about someone beyond yourself. And I think when you grow as a person and you learn your own um, things that you need to change and get better at, it really transcends into your team. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of like, let's together, let's define like, what is culture? How do we know we've got a good culture? If that's the one thing we want to focus on, uh, how do we go about creating this thing called culture? Yeah, I think for us, it's um, what I really focus on is taking really good care of my team. And I believe that if you do all the things to take care of your team, that they take care of everything else. So for me, that lately has been really even focusing on leadership. And um, when you have a team of 35, I need other people. I, I can't be party of one. Um, so I, the last two years, have really been coaching and building leaders that can do things in my company beyond me so that they have team leaders that they go to instead of me so that they feel um, uh, loved and cared for by somebody other than just me and it connects them to other people on the team also. Yeah, okay. So really um, you're building a culture of connected relationships. Would that be it? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's really important and it's not necessarily what we go into business thinking that we're going to do as part of our role as a salon owner, right? No, I mean, for sure, when <laughs> I decided to own a salon, I didn't think I would end up doing Maxwell coach certification. That wasn't something as a hairdresser that I thought would be my future. Um, I didn't think of all the time that I would spend on development of my personal development. And I transcend that into my team also, as far as culture. Um, our team meetings, we do monthly team meetings. I do personal development for about the first 15, 20 minutes of every team meeting because individually, if I help them grow as people to become the best versions of their self, it grows their business. So mm. when you're um, personally grounded and really blooming into who you wanna be, you can transcend that into your guests from the chair, I believe. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. So that's really interesting actually that um, the first part of building a culture is actually building oneself. Absolutely. 
I learned that because I couldn't grow past six the first 10 years. So really, I was struggling to grow a team and didn't know why. And then um, there's something in our country that, well, they're worldwide, but mostly in our country called the Summit Salon Business Center. And they actually are a coaching company. And through them, when I would sit through leadership classes, I, it, and they would talk about bad leaders, I felt like I was holding a magnifying glass up to my face, like, okay, that's you, um, passive aggressive things, mm -hmm. things that weren't pretty. Um, but I at least, I love that some people really struggle to recognize their faults. I am somebody that when I see them, I know them and I'm willing to work on them and make it better. And I think the fact that I was willing to do that has really helped me grow the team that I have now. Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, um, whether we are intentionally focusing on growing a culture or not, we have a culture. And Absolutely. so if you <laughs> so if you have a culture and you don't like it, who are we looking at here? <laughs> Ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah, they say everything that happens in your company, good or bad, comes back to you. So whatever is happening, if you're not liking it, you have to look in the mirror and figure out what are you doing to make that happen or not happen. So, yeah. and that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Oh, yeah, Like, sure. oh crap, that's me. That's all me. So I just think from little things to like doing inspirational things in our break room to we do a retreat every year, to all the little things to really bond our team together has really been beneficial to growing our company. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Let's talk a little bit about leadership then um, and bringing our people close to us and actually getting them to do the things that we need them to do. What would you say would be one of the biggest barriers or one of the things that we can forget to do really easily when we're trying to lead our people uh, in terms of them producing more or doing the role that they have? What do you think well, I think in any leadership, I think the biggest struggle is always people feel like leading can be scary because they want to be friends. Like you, you can't be a leader and a friend to somebody. And I, I just think being friendly is different than being friends. I can be friendly without being friends with my team. I really love all the girls that work for me. I don't necessarily have dinner with them on Friday night, but they know I am there for them. I am a hundred percent, whatever you need, I will be here. But I do think you have to kind of figure out and that, for me, as I've been growing leaders has been the hardest struggle that, you know, they'll say when I walk in the break room now, they all stop talking. So that's really hard for them to like have that leadership role and feel like they can't be the friend anymore. I think that has been the biggest um, obstacle to overcome growing leaders in my company. Yeah, because there's this fine line between uh, being liked. And I think as an industry, we have a, a lot of people in the industry that we we're people people, we want to be liked. Yet now we have to set expectations and expect people to do things in a certain way that they may not like, right? And so there's this conflict between being liked and having expectation over people. And I, th I, I do wonder if that's one of the biggest blocks to really stepping truly into a leadership role. It, I, I truly believe it is. But I feel like if you lead from the heart and you have good intentions, people feel that. People know that, that when you're leading from the heart, you, that it's there. And when you're not and you're just leading to get crap done, I feel like that they know that too. So it's, it's all behind intention. Yeah, for sure. And then also I think clarity. 
having clarity yourself of uh, what is it that you actually want or expect from people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's kind of one of my mantras I told you about. Yeah, you know, to be sure. unclear is to be unkind. I use that a lot. I feel like people don't know the expectations. You can't hold them to something they don't know. And I really do think a lot of um, salon owners, myself included at the beginning, struggle with that, where they're not really laying out the foundation and the expectations, and then they're aggravated when things don't happen the way they want them to. Yet they haven't articulated necessarily what it is that they wanted or the outcome. Correct, so yes. So tell us a little bit, like, what are some of the things that you do to have clarity in your expectations as a leader? Well, for the beginning, when I hire somebody, I am very big on a handbook. So if your company does not have a handbook, I would highly recommend it. Um, so for me, just even who we are as a company, you know, we have a um, mission statement. We have a... Um, we have brand promises that we promise our guests of what we are going to do for them. And we are put, Oh, we have a code of honor. So that's something huge that we did in our company too. And all those things were done as a company together during our team meetings. So like the code of honor, it took us three or four meetings to group up and what's important to us, you know, like Marines are all about their code and holding each other accountable to the code. And I think when you build that together as a team, it means more. So even throughout the years, I mean, we did that a few years ago, we still go through all those things and we'll do role playing on what the code looks like and are we following the code and what's good about the code and should we change the code? And sometimes we go back and tweak it and just all those expectations of like who you are as a company and what, what you are as a branded company, what they're needing to be able to do. And if you let that be clear, I think it's really easy to be in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and not have the code or the book or the Bible, we call it, that this is how we do it here, um, done, once and done, put it in a drawer, close the drawer, tick that off. I've done that as a business owner. Actually, what you're saying is it's a living, breathing document that actually comes into life, not just once or once a year, all the time. Actually, I even coach my leaders to keep some of the top codes in, in a piece, on a piece of paper in their pocket. So when they're coaching a stylist that is struggling with something, bring out the code to coach. What is the code on being late? You know, what is the code on, we have a 24 hour rule. If you don't deal with something that's bothering you in 24 hours, you have to let it go. We don't carry that around and blow somebody up later. So really even using the code to coach is what we really try and emphasize with our leaders. I love that 24-hour rule. That's really good. We call it no stamp collecting. You can't carry it in your pocket for a while and blow somebody up later. So, yeah, <laughs> we definitely have, like, if you can't deal with it now, then you just got to drop it and let it go. Because if you carry that stuff around, that's how, like, really yeah. little things blow up two weeks later, and we don't want to do that. And, you know, when you, we have two men, but we have 33 women. So that's a lot of women. That's not including <laughs> me. I'm 34. So that's a lot. Yeah, but honestly, sure. we, it's so funny because I have, when people come work for me and I say that we don't really have drama because I hate it. And if we do have it, it is in my office and it is talked about and it is dealt with and it is done. And if it's not, then, then I don't know if you can work here because I don't want to have, I don't want to come into work and feel that heavy. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And when people start, I tell them that. And it's so funny, a month or two months or even three months later, they'll say, 
it really is true because it really is. Mm -hmm. So I think just everybody knowing that that's not really okay in my company, we're not yeah. going to be mean girls and mean girls don't last. You know, I have people leave that can't deal with that. They don't want to, uh, you know, abide by that and that's okay. This isn't the place for you. Yeah. I think um, I really love that you've brought that up and talked about that because what you've done essentially is created a process to deal with the stuff. Cause it's not that stuff doesn't come up. Right. You know, like life happens, people annoy each other, humans clash heads sometimes, but what you've created is a, is a culture around or a process around how to deal with it. This is how we do it here. And uh, I guess people opt themselves out. If they don't like that culture, they'll leave eventually. Yeah. Or, there's or a book called the team code of honor. And um, that's a great one to read. And then I kind of worked through that book to build the code for our team. But I did yeah. it with the team. I didn't build the code. Yeah. We built the code. Yeah, that's good. And then they have ownership of it too, which I feel like is super important. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I want to talk a little bit. You've talked about this word coaching quite a few times and that you coach your team and you coach your managers to then coach, uh, the team subsequently. So talk to me a little bit about the sort of coaching process within the salon. Well, we do something in our company called PDMs and they are personal development meetings. So we block them off for the whole year. Our team meetings are blocked off once a month for an entire year and our PDMs are blocked off because those are non-negotiables. We need to have time together. We need to bond as a team. We need to all be on the same page and I need to meet one-on-one -on -one and know where you are too. Um, so they're a half an hour to 45 minutes once a month. And um, I love them as much as they love them. And if, if something happens and they run late or they miss one, they're sad. They'll be like, can we get that rescheduled? Like they really want to do it. And I actually have um, two of my team leaders doing PDMs now too. Because to do all of the whole team when we got so big was getting to be a lot, obviously. So at my second location, my manager does most of the ones there. And then I have a leader that's been with me for all 19 years and she does um, about six or seven at my main location. So yeah, so what it looks like is um, we, we have our coaching notebooks. I'm very organized. I've filled all my leaders, their coaching notebooks, and we have kind of a format that we go by. And what I really want to start with when I'm coaching is I ask them, um, I just want to chat a little bit. So it's really like what, what's good going on outside of hair world right now. I want to know what's good outside of our company. What's good going on in your life. So they'll tell me, and then I'll say, is there anything bad going on outside of hair work? Anything you want to talk about, or is everything okay? And good or bad, they'll chat. And then we come into the salon. So what's good going on in salon? So then they'll tell me what's good going in and what, is there any struggles that you're having in salon right now? So I like to kind of get all of the, like, where are you at in your life? out before we ever talk numbers. And sometimes we don't ever get to numbers. And that's okay too, because sometimes they just need to have some one-on-one -on -one coaching. And the biggest thing coaching is to ask questions. And it's not really me coaching their life. It's, well, how do you feel about that? Or what do you want to do about that? Or what's your plan on that? And I just really try and sit and ask a lot of questions. I actually just coached somebody recently. There was something on Facebook that one of my team leaders, I asked her to take care of. And she's like, well, I don't know what to say. And I said, you know what to say. You ask questions. 
So that's always my coaching to my leaders. We don't give them the answers. We let them come up with the answers because when they do, it means more to them because they came up with it themselves. So if we do get through all of that and we get to numbers, which we do a lot, we just kind of go through our metrics of what we're looking for and what do you, how do you feel like your numbers are? What are you struggling with? What would you like to get better at? And then we make an action plan and we plan what they want to work on. And if it's something they're really struggling with, I'll even do um, check-ins and I'll check in once a week or once every week, ever, every other week for like 15 minutes and just do a quick, are you sticking to it? Are you doing what you want to do? How's it going? And they really appreciate that. And sometimes level ones, when they're new starting out, I'll just do 15 minute check-ins in general, just to kind of keep them on track. How, what's going on in your world? How's your social media? What are you doing to promote yourself? Just because it's easy to like get out of that habit at the beginning. So we're just building that habit. I love that because I think, um, do you know what's really clear, uh, Patty, as you grow your business is that you have a process even for the human, human elements. And I think that's really important. I wanted to kind of point that out because um, we can talk a lot about the need to have systems and processes inside of our business. And we think, okay, checklists and things to do and task oriented stuff. But in fact, we're running a business of humans and the tasks are secondary, in my opinion, to those things. And while we say must have systems and processes in your business, <laughs> You're talking just today, you know, all of these systems and processes you have are for running human interactions. And this is where the culture comes from because you are looking after humans first. And then as a result of that, out pops the end result for the client. I mean, we've not talked about hair once at all today. <laughs> right, right. Yes. I mean, and that's kind of how I run my company. Yeah. I mean, we do hair. We do a lot of hair. We are a very successful company, market leader in our industry. And I just know that what we do as a company is what matters as a personal aspect. And to me, if you don't have a personal connection, they just leave. Yeah. yeah. Because there's nothing keeping them there. No, that's right. We are in the human, we are in the, the business of, of humans, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, our businesses sound very, very alike. I had a team of 30. No men, though. Once I got to 20, we just, um, <laughs> we no longer employed any men. So I think that's, um, that's great that you've got some balance there uh, in amongst of such a big team. I've, I had some people like word me against men, like, oh, it's going to cause so much problem. But it really hasn't. The, mm. Well, one of them is my son, and he does all our social media and videos and helps me with um, inventory and a lot of HR jobs. And he's just a laid back guy and the team loves him. And the other guy does nails for us and we all love him. He does. There's people, you can't not love him. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't. Take some special people, I think. Some special men to work in a big team like that. So yeah, I think it's great. But I think it balances it out, right? Yeah, I mean, a couple guys in there is nice, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Amazing. That has been super interesting uh, to connect with you on those things. So please tell me as a business owner, what is, what is a, uh, a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you going as a business owner? Cause it's tough being at the top, right? Well, for me, I'm a big reader. So I read John Maxwell a ton and I love all his books. Um, and I I'm a highlighter. Do you highlight when you read? I tend, I have to tell you a dirty secret. I tend not to read now. I tend to go for audio while I oh, walk. And, I, I love both, but I still love a good book and a highlighter. 
So it, it's funny because I'll loan my books out and my team's always like, I love getting your books because I love to read the highlighted because <laughs> I know that's what's important. <laughs> I, so like I, I love all John Maxwell, um, but I, I just have a life quote and it's really more about, and I have a podcast too, and I say it at the end of mine and it's really just about people because that's kind of who I am. I love people. Um, making a buck is easy, but making a difference is hard and go out and make a difference. And I just think every day, what are we doing to make a difference? We can all go to work, we can make money, we can do what we do, but are we making a difference? And when you're not here, what are they going to say about you? Yeah. Yes, I like that. I like that. Now you've mentioned uh, John Maxwell several times. It was John Maxwell, wasn't it? Uh, what book must we read of his? Um, the 21 Levels of Leadership. His leadership books are perfect. Great. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, uh, words of wisdom. Uh, I love every, everything that you have said. It feels very aligned with uh, the way that I think people first. So I know people are going to want to come and stalk you and just check you out. So will you let us know what's your dub dub? Where can people find you? Um, well, mm. I have a podcast called Step Into My Office. My name is Patty Bauer Cheney. Um, my son's name, he set it up though, and it's under Cole Cheney, which not helpful. <laughs> so, you know there's that um but my salon company is edge hair design and spa in ohio wonderful thanks again so much for joining us thank you for having me and that's a wrap thanks so much patty i really appreciate you joining me today you had so many amazing gems of knowledge i really appreciate that you are so willing to share now on the topic of teams you may or may not have noticed over the last month I've gone a little bit team mad. I've been talking about team everywhere, on the podcast, on the Facebook page, in the Facebook group. And so if you've missed it, I don't know how. <laughs> anyway, I hope you've loved the extra support and topic around team, especially at this time of, uh, this time that we're in or coming out of or moving into, whichever the case may be for you. Team is so important. It is the business model that we are growing. We are growing a team-based business. So if you want more help, I'd love to help. Let's chat about how I can help you grow your team faster, stronger, without overcomplication, without confrontation. Let's chat. You'll find me a messenger. I'll leave the link to connect with me in the show notes. Otherwise, look forward to tuning in with you again next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.